And this week's episode of Stone Inter will be reviewing the matches against Slavia Prague in the Champions League and Spal in the Serie A. We'll be previewing the upcoming fixture against Roma this Friday. This week's Moji, Moratti and Frog and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, only on centreinter.com. Recupera Brazzovic, andiamo in contropiede, la porta è vuota, tira, attenzione, e gol, e gol! Benvenuti, bentornati to another edition of Studio Inter. I'm your host, Nima Tavallo Iruzzari, wishing you welcome after what can only be described as a brilliant past seven days for Inter, uh, after wins in the Champions League and in the Serie A, overtaking Juventus and Borussia Dortmund uh, in those respective group standings. But we'll get into more of that uh, before, uh, before. But first, I have to introduce our panel. Uh, he's Semperinter.com's own preview uh, writer, uh, analyst, and also the new king of predictions, Mr. Positivity himself, Mr. Mo Nassa. Uh I go by Mystic Mo now, please. So thank you very much. <laughs> Mystic, Mr. Positivity, Mr. Mo, Mystic Mo. Okay, I, I can live with that. I can live with that. Right. Uh, and we are also joined by our very good friend, the host of the Alex Dono show from Florida, Mr. Alex Dono. Top of the Serie A table, still alive in Champions League. Latara Martinez can't stop scoring. What a time to be alive, Nima. Amen. Amen. I thought you were going to say top of the Serie A table. Morning to you. Make like some sort of a pun joke on that, but I, I <laughs> I'll remember I, that for next time. Hopefully, <laughs> we're still top of the table next time we do this. Absolutely, absolutely. Hopefully, 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 you know, knock on wood. And we're also joined by our very good friend who hasn't been on for quite a long time. He's a commentator on the zone or Dazn, if you're Italian. Dazn is Mr. Eduardo Dal Monte. Welcome. I'm only on the podcast when we're winning because I'm a bad fan, baby. <laughs> well, welcome, welcome uh, back, you, you and your bad self. Uh, let's Thank get you. to it. <laughs> let's get to it. Um, the Slavia Prague game was one was a game where we all, most of us, thought it was going to end in a one-one draw, uh, except for you, Mr. Mohamed Nasser. So I'm just gonna, uh, I'm, I'm just gonna hand it over to you. Uh, you told me privately that you thought Inter were going to win, so. What, what, what you know? How, how, did, did the game go exactly as you expected it? Uh, let me know. Look, it didn't. It, it certainly didn't go as uh, exactly as I expected it because it went far better than I'd uh, I'd hoped in my wildest dreams. It was it was possibly the best game that we'd seen interplay so far this season, and it didn't have the best players uh, in the midfield. You know, uh, and I think that no one could have predicted that. You know, no Barella and no uh, Sensi, and still uh, this absolutely dominant performance away from home it was phenomenal so uh, no i i i predicted uh, i predicted you know i'd imagined it would have been a a, a hard fought gritty you know uh, uh, one nil or, or or narrow margin win but this this far exceeded any any of my expectations absolutely phenomenal and, and again it goes without saying like uh, lukaku had the performance of a of a season of uh, of a couple of seasons that match and you know that scoreline is down to his absolutely uh you know uh, altruistic play and some killer finishing by Lautaro 
Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad you beautiful. brought that up. I'm g- really glad you brought that particular issue up because, to me, that was Adriano. That was peak Adriano-esque performances by performance there by Lukaku. It re- his the way he played in that game reminded me of Adriano all the way. The physique, the power, the technique. And yeah. It, yeah, and and it, and it really. I, I wanted. I was going to ask if you guys were what you guys think of that comparison because I don't mean you know. No, I'm not saying he's as good as Adriano or whatever, but I'm saying that the way he's played, the way he's enjoying his football right now at Inter, and the technique, the stepovers, the 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 physique, the speed, the power, it's peak Adriano for me. Ed. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that comparison. Someone I think in the Gazetta compared him to Jonah Lomu. But the rugby player after the, you know what? You go back back and watch some Jonah highlights, and he's just tearing through people. And yeah, he looked like a man among, I mean, the first goal, Lautaro's goal against Slavia, like that is just incredible. Mm. What what Lukaku does on the ball is just unbelievable. He basically, like, yeah, get off. You're not getting the ball back. I mean, I think I had a comparison that he's the best ball, I guess, uh, ball holding attacker we've had since Ibra, which I think Mm. is fair enough. Yeah. And yeah, the Adriano comparison is really good, except that Lukaku is more unpredictable when he shoots. You know, when people discovered Adriano loved to shoot with only one foot, they got, you know, they got more savvy. But Maron, I mean, you know, this this my uncle was at the game and he said, You do not realize you do not realize what it is to see Lukaku until you've seen him live. And he was at San Siro on, on Sunday, uh, what well, yesterday. And it was just incredible. It was just absolutely, it was absolutely bloody remarkable. Uh, and every time he got the ball, even against Spal, the defense moved back about 20 meters because they, they, they just knew it was like, okay, whatever. Did you, could you see Akali doing that? Yeah, no, me neither. <laughs> let's not, let's not, let's not create uh, a, a, a riot and bring, <laughs> and bring Miss, Miss, Mr. Mr. Nara into this. Let's leave that, leave, leave those. Let's leave those sleeping dogs where they lie. Um, uh, Alex, I'm keen to hear what you said, what you think here, because, I mean, sure, he, he, he scored once, uh, but, but those two assists, and I'm not, I don't just mean the outside of the boot. To me, that was the best performance a striker, as a complete striker goes, that I, I can't remember the last time I saw an Inter striker play, be so complete. Uh, do you? Can you? No, I mean, and there's no question that was his best performance in an Inter shirt. And you mentioned the goal he had, the two assists. And guys, he could have had two more goals, could have had a hat trick, had two goals disallowed mm-hmm. in the game. I mean, he was playing out of his mind. Can you imagine if he had had three goals and two assists assists in the game? He had that sort of performance. But I, I'm glad that we're we're focusing especially on that first assist because it was the second assist that really got passed around the internet it was you know goal of the week uh you know from uh, i don't know bleacher report and the the champions league account had that as the the goal of the week so that that's the viral video that most people saw it was the outside the boot assist but i thought when it came to just level of difficulty the first assist when he took on and out muscled two defenders to me that was the one that that really made my jaw drop not that either yeah. of those were were anything to snooze at but i i thought the first assist to me was incredible and guys it's not just the way that Lukaku is playing which is fantastic but the partnership between he and Lotaro not only are they on the same page technique wise uh they seem to legitimately enjoy each other's company I mean it was you know, the the first goal against Slavia when Lotaro was initially running in the opposite direction to do a solo celebration then turned around and made sure to 
to hug Lukaku and you had that nice lasting image. You see all these photos of the two of them walking hand in hand on the pitch. I mean, this is this is uh, not just a striking partnership. This is blossoming into a bromance. It is a bromance. Yeah. I mean, did you did you see that? Did you see the shirt that Lautaro got them both like matching shirts <laughs> after <Yes>. the game? <laughs> it's it's so nice to see. They absolutely they love each other. They're best friends. They're it's a real bromance, and it's so nice to see after. I mean, all of us remember exactly twelve months ago when at this point when all hell broke loose around this point. We were talking about, you know, Perisic wasn't talking to to to, to Icardi. Nainggolan was just angry at everyone. Uh, Wanda was declaring war with everyone under the sun. And Mauro was was faking a knee injury. I mean, just, just, just fast forward 12 months and you have the striking duo buying each other's matching <laughs> shirts and, and, and our absolute best mates. It's just, it's weird. It's so... Wow, it, it's such a such a change, isn't it? Um, to to how things were. Um, but I mean, if we look at the game, I I thought that uh, although Slavia equalized, um, and and I, I never felt that Inter were in trouble. I always felt that Inter were in, were in control. Uh, did you feel the same way there, Mo? Yeah, it was uh, it was strange. It was uh, it took me a while to uh, settle into the game. You know, even even after uh, the Lautaro. First goal uh, to, to really, really, you know, uh, I, I, I feel like I was, I was so tense because the result was so important, etc. So it took me a while for my mind just to register. Oh wait, this isn't as uh, stuff as I thought it would be. It's not as uh, um, as tight. We're Inter were really, really dominant. So I guess once I got into that sort of groove and, and, and saw the game uh, at a bit of, at a bit of a distance, I realized. But yeah. Um, match was never in doubt. Absolutely never in doubt. The guys were uh, the, the guys were on fire. Uh, no, um, like you said, it was a, an absolutely dominant performance. Um, if we, if there is one thing to take away negatively, I thought at least, in my opinion, it was uh, it was Stefan de Frey, who I think, although he's been he's been really good these, these past few. Um, He's been he's been he's been excellent this season, but I but I think that that penalty was was clear and he was late and he caused and, and he he was lucky not to get uh, not to concede another penalty this weekend against Spal as well when he for some reason accidentally punched Patania in the face so he started bleeding. I don't know is is that just one of those things or are we seeing maybe a little bit dip in form here? What what do you mm. think? Uh, what do you think, Edo? I'm not sure that was a penalty on Pitania. The other one was a penalty, but on Pitania, I'm not entirely sure. An elbow in the face start bleeding? Ooh, I mean, that seems to me just tussling. Two guys like trying to get to the ball because you don't see Pitania even asking for a penalty. He just goes down and then he's just like got a big blow. He just goes off. He doesn't even complain. I mean, mm. that's the only part to me that makes it feel like... No, no, the spell players weren't asking for penalty. I can't seem to remember no. that anyway. No, they weren't. But I mean, a penalty is a penalty, even if you don't ask for it. <laughs> no, sure. But, and, you know, mm. uh, considering that at the moment, if there's some sort of VAR, it's probably going to go against us. Yeah, of course, you can never be too cautious. But yeah, the right, I thought, had a bad game. And people were blaming Baragi for not giving him a passing option, basically, against uh, Slavia anyway. But it's true that he was the slackest of the three centre-backs. And you saw that again, really, against um, against Spal. Um, well, yeah. So, uh, Alex, do you think this is an issue, or is it just we're just talking two games where, you know, this this sort of thing happens? I, I can't. It's I think for me, it's way too soon to say it's an issue, be, only because he's been so excellent uh, 
up until these last two matches. Uh, so it's it, it's tough for me to say when he's been the most consistent, when Skriniar had his problems early on, and then, of course, you know, Godin has you know been kind of up and down this year. So it's really hard for me, unless the pattern continues with some big matches coming up, including Roma and Barcelona coming up in short order. If the pattern continues, sure, we can talk. But at this point, I think I have to give DeVry the benefit of the doubt. Sure, sure. Speaking of Godin, I thought that was his best performance in an intershot against Slavia. I thought he was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, do, you, do, you, do you agree, Mo? I think uh, Godin generally performs much better in the Champions League for us anyway. I think, I think much has been made of uh, Good point. very little. Good point. When, when, yeah. And I think much has been made of very little when it comes to Godin's contribution to the inter-defense. Look, uh, I think expectation might have been too high, but the guy plays, a, I mean, that's his game. He plays a very uh, cool, calm, collected, uh, non-interventionist sort of uh, football. Uh, and when he does intervene, it's usually, uh, you know, very, um, very slyly. So I, I, I think, I think Udina suffered from, you know, a lot of expectation and he's just performed, I think, very well. And even, even when, when not at his best, he's been very good anyway. So, um, yeah, I, I I think his generally his his best best performances uh, have come in the in the Champions League, and I think even in the league, uh, I have nothing to complain about, you know. So, uh, uh, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. He had a great game. Yeah, he sure did. Um, so uh, I'm just gonna quickly go around ask everyone who 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 was your man of the match against uh, against uh, Slavia. For 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 me, it was Lukaku, despite the fact that he Lautaro scored two. What about you, Mo? Uh, absolutely, Lukaku, no doubt, no doubt about it. Ed, Lukaku or Lautaro, it was probably the two of them because I don't think you could separate them in that particular game, and people went mental the next day over this partnership, and rightly so. So I think maybe just give it to both of them just because... I mean, Lukaku should have had a hat-trick, realistically, but I think yeah. both of them. The way they worked with each other was just... I mean, yeah, exactly. As you said, uh, you know, the second assist Lukaku provides with the third goal is the cherry on top. But it was just a logical conclusion to what was just an incredible evening. So I'd say both of them, really. Mm, nice shot. Uh, what about you, um, Alex? What do you think? Clean sweep. I go Lukaku with Lataro with the honorable mention. And mm. yeah, I think we're we're seeing how enjoyable it is to watch Lukaku play under a manager whose system fits his personal gifts and philosophies. And you know, as we talked about the bromance with his strike partner. And to me, like Lukaku just looks like a guy who's who's having fun like a kid on the playground. I mean, the joy that he has for this game right now, it's really fun to watch. Sure is, and I'm starting to see a like uh, a, 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 see a little little pattern here. With, I mean, when Lukaku puts, you know, tweeted or I think it was on Instagram after the game saying dogs got to eat, and that <laughs> and that shirt that they have is a fic, is a photo of a I think it's a Rottweiler that they both got. Yeah, <laughs> it's the ugliest shirt I've seen in my life. But as long as they're happy and scoring, whatever, you know. <laughs> whatever floats their boat, right? Like... Yeah, at least they're not, you know, putting photos of themselves in SM situations on Instagram. <laughs> No one forgotten, no one mentioned. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm... I, I'm not gloating. I'm, I was never anti-Icardi and I was never pro-Icardi. I, I always had a neutral, kind of a nuanced approach to him. But I'm just so glad that we we're... we're, we're tw I mean, 12 months down the line, I this is, this is like a night and day situation. 
um, uh, inter inter this year to that year, to next yeah. year. Um, so I I'm, I'm just happy. I'm just happy. Um, right. Um, we've already touched on a little bit uh, on the Spal game. I mean, the, that first 45 minutes was a continuation of the of the Slavia game. And then we saw something that we saw against Sassuolo that we've seen in other games, this kind of mental collapse. Although Inter, in my opinion, kind of managed the, the storm in a much better way. But honestly, I have to say, this system, Antonio Candreva and, and Danilo D'Ambrosio, Talk about a revenge for those two. I mean, they are the most consistent performers. Just look at how stable Inter's backline looks when Danilo D'Ambrosio's there. And I think we should we should acknowledge that. And I know I think maybe Mo agrees with me here. Man, I I, I have a like a shrine at home for Santo Danilo. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I I think I think the guy's been you know in our. Most trying moments in the last two seasons under Spalletti, he's the guy who's always given the most when the rest of the team were sort of teetering, and you know, uh, that, so so his dedication and his output goes without saying. And it's just nice to see him, like you said, under a coach who's allowing him to make the most out of his, um, let's say, boring attributes. You know, he's a consistent uh, guy. He's a, a bit of a, a forgotten soldier. And uh, Conte appreciates that and allows him to express that in a in a very very um, meaningful manner. So yeah, no, I I got a lot a lot of love for uh, D'Ambrosio. Absolutely, and I think he's such a good player to have in this system, both as a, to the right of that three-man defense, but we know he can play as a wing back. He doesn't offer a lot attacking-wise, but he definitely closes. Uh, defensively his side of the pitch and that's really that's something that Inter needed against Spal and it and it completely worked because Inter were able to play off the game without conceding much more uh, when he, he when shut he, it down he shut completely, it completely shut down. it down shut it completely down uh, and and it doesn't matter if he's on the right or the left and that is such an important player to have in any team that wants to win titles uh, and and wants to be at the top um, and 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 Inter have that so I definitely understand the 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 um, that they want to extend his contract and that they want him there because he he's been there through the banter era and and he he did not work for you know he wasn't one of the better players in that era but the past few seasons he's really he's really picked up his game and is becoming one of the most solid defend defenders in the Inter have um, but uh, Ed do you have anything to add you wanted to add to that to the D'Ambrosio yeah. love love fest. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I normally don't have that nice things to say about him, but I mean, I thought he was very composed yesterday, and I kind of always suspected that as a that as a right back, obviously in the old system, he sometimes wasn't great when people were cutting in behind him. But here, when he's you know the right centre back, yeah, he seemed very consistent. And then the advantage, of course, was that if you took Kondreva off because he'd been running his socks off all day, you could just put D'Ambrosio on the right. And yeah. actually, there was a moment when D'Ambrosio did an absolutely astounding thing. He managed to basically backheel first time a control <laughs> to immediately launch into on the counter. I was just like, that can't be him, this can't be. I must be, I must be on quaaludes. That was incredible. <laughs> the confidence Conte's given these guys to play that kind of football as well. But no, absolutely, I give the man credit. And I mean, I always thought that he was the kind of person to that may be worth keeping around just, you know, because he keeps, you know, players together because he's a good example and what have you. So, yeah, under the kind of present circumstances, I've got no beef with keeping him around. Um, if, it's, if it's that kind of play, why not? 
what about you, Alex? Whether um, you know, are you on quaaludes or not? Um, <laughs> whether or not you're on that, yeah. what, what, what's your opinion? <laughs> Oh, I think with me, uh, everything well said, and you guys are preaching to the choir with me. I've been a D'Ambrosio backer for a long time. I think he's criminally, criminally underrated. So I, I wanted to shift to Kondreva because you asked about him as well, yeah. Nima. And yeah. just the, the recovery that he's made under Conte is nothing short of astounding. I mean, if you if you could have summed up his you know, 2018, 2019 season last year in, in a meme, it would have been him several times just with no defender near him, not a body near him, just out dribbling himself out of bounds, <laughs> making stupid errors. And then you fast forward to this season, 2019, 2020. And, you know, the move that he made on that Slavia Prague defender before putting in a cross that you know, gave a free header to Lukaku that hit the crossbar, that that was one of the best pieces of skill I've seen in recent memory. And it came yeah. from Antonio Candreva. I mean, to, to, to think what this guy is doing now on a regular basis with this year's Inter team, I, uh, I never thought I'd say this over the last three years or so, but I, I now have a joy for watching that man play football when over the last couple of years, anytime he was on the pitch, I, I felt like not watching the game in protest. And now I can't get enough of the guy. Yeah. Couldn't, <laughs> couldn't agree with you more. And he got an assist as well for Lautaro's second goal. Uh, I mean, we, we know that when he can cross the ball early, his crosses are really good. So I, I agree. I think both of those players, I mean, I've been very critical of D'Ambrosi and I think in a back for exactly what you said, Ed, uh, he, has, he struggles when people cross in behind him. But in this system, he's absolutely perfect. Uh, to the right, and also as a as a wing back uh, defensively, I think he's he, you know I mea culpa I I didn't think he had it in him uh, so absolutely um, I thought uh, you know what what are we making of uh, this this collapse that we saw in the second half was it basically just I mean is how do you guys see it in the grand scheme of things do you see do you see an improvement here or are we still worried that they're still mentally not there uh, what do you think Mo I see uh, no Barella, no Sensi in the midfield, ergo collapse. You know, uh, I think uh, when you've got uh, Gagliardini and Vecino, I think uh, Gagliardini is still on. Yeah, Gagliardini and Vecino. This is, this is the same side that collapsed with uh, Spalletti, uh, the same uh, mod trio that collapsed mentally under, well, under Spalletti a bunch of times. So it's no surprise that this happened. What... What's different is, like you've uh, alluded to earlier, is, is how that collapse was managed. And it was managed very well. It was just a 10-15 minute sort of uh, episode that was uh, shorn up by uh, Godin's, uh, Godin's entrance. Uh, it was shorn up by, uh, I mean, Gagliardini had to come off uh, due to injury, but Valero's, uh, Valero's uh, entrance onto the pitch as well. And it, it just it happened. And then you know, business as usual right after. So I think that that is the difference. Uh, the difference is how, how these episodes are managed. And uh, we see under this current system, they're managed much more, uh, much more professionally and, and, and quickly dealt with very fast. Mm, agreed. What about uh, um, Ed? Do you, if you were to take away uh, like the two, like the, the, the most positive thing and the most negative thing from the Spal game, what would those be? I think the positive play is the attacking play overall because I just thought it was very creative. It was nice. Uh, you know, we were, we were finding solutions to get behind them. We were a little bit wasteful, but certainly... Yeah, the negative thing, the most negative... Yeah, 
I'm not entirely sure I've got that much beef with conceding that goal in particular, but it was the fact that we still looked exposed even afterwards and Spal could have potentially equalised. It was that kind of thing where we looked a little bit, we just looked a little... We needed to score more goals, basically, to feel safe. And you can't probably win Serie A by doing that. I don't want to be sort of, you know, raining on anyone's parade here, but I think you need to be the kind of team, like, I hate to say this, Juventus, even without all the extra things that they get on the side, they tend to defend better in those kinds of situations. If they won their love away against Cagliari, for example, they'll probably hold on to that lead. Maybe not this year's team, mind you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not with Gigi Buffon in goal. What was that against us? Jesus. <laughs> No, nah, it was it was embarrassing. Like, what is he doing? He's ruining his own legacy. Like, just dude, retire already. It's like you know. I got the... no beef with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! What's he right. going to retire to? Is he going to become an odds maker? What's this thing? He's going to go work for fucking Unibet. What's he going to do? That's le quarto buffone. Oh Jesus! We yes, we have a member of the Curva Nord here today, as you can all hear. No, <laughs> it's just that. <laughs> right, um, Alex. Uh, so, so w- w- I mean, w- w- where do you think? I mean, the Spal game was just another win. At the end of the day, Inter were able to take on. Um, uh, Inter were, were able to overtake Juventus uh, in the Serie A. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to ask this to everyone how you guys feel, but per, I'm going to start with you there. But I can't get too excited because I've seen this movie before. I know it's a different team. I know we have a much better manager and blah, 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 blah. But I still, I refuse to get overly excited over this and jump on any hype train because I still think that, you know, if you look at before the mid-season point, Inter have Fiorentina, Roma, Napoli, Atalanta, and Genoa. Uh, Juve have, like, have Roma and Lazio, and that's the only tough teams they have. Other than that, they're playing Sampdoria and they're playing Genoa and Udinese or whatever. I mean, I to me, they're still going to be leading at the halfway point. Am I being overly negative or what's your take on that? No, I, I am certainly thankful for the start. I mean, taking 12 victories in, in 14 league matches, it's it's an inter record and it's unbelievable. I don't think any of us expected to start off this well. But with that said... Many of these victories are games Inter was supposed to win, and they went out there and took care of business. So when you talk about the fixtures ahead, the fixtures to come, you raise a fair point, and that's why I'm not quite ready to streak through the streets of Miami Beach naked with the Scudetto banner. <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to wait until, until May for that. Uh, you know, please, I, I did I did want to add quotes. something yeah, I did, on Quaaludes, of course. I, I did want to add something to the mentality of the Spal match, though, because I, I thought that Edo brought up a, a very good point on how, you know, they could have even conceded a, an equalizer after after giving up the goal that made it two to one. There is a flip side to that, though. Um, when we think about how tense that match was down the stretch through, you know, the 94th minute, uh, we also need to consider that it could have been a lot less stressful if Latara Martinez had managed to score when he was one-on-one with the keeper. Now, I can't criticize the guy too much when he would have been on a hat trick at that point, had two goals, so he's the reason why Inter won the match, but uh, a little bit of bad luck to, uh, goes into this as well because he was, you know, had, had that ball put on a silver platter by Lukaku with that one-touch pass, and had he put it away rather than getting, you know, tackled by the keeper, it would have been 3-1. It would have been, a, and that was around the 70th minute. So the, the final 20 minutes would have been much less stressful. So the opportunity was there to put the match away with less stress. But guys, we know that Pazze Inter is going to Pazze Inter, and we had to sweat all the way through. 
Amen. Amen. What about you, Mo? I mean, when are you going to jump on the hype train? I mean, this, are you sure the, as everything Alex said, I think we all agree with, so we don't have to repeat that, but like, I can't get excited. I'll tell you when I'm, when we, when I'll, when I'll be excited. If Inter are leading, I have a couple of checkpoints. If, if at halfway point after 19 games, Inter are in the lead, then fine. I'll, I'll start, I'll start the, I'll buy my ticket to get on the hype train. And if we're in this position in April, I'll be fully on it. What about you? When will you buy your ticket and when will you jump on? We've uh, said it before on this podcast, man. April, April, not a day before. Okay. okay. I, I don't care. I don't care about anything that happens. Before. I agree. I, mean, I agree. I, I'm very happy. I, I, I mean, I, first thing I did yesterday was put on my, my, my new uh, Inter jersey and go to my friend, Milanista, friend's house. And build, <laughs> you know, <laughs> of course. Of course, that's what I did, you know. And I'm at his house again today recording the podcast wearing, wearing last <laughs> season's jersey, Christ. you know. So, so, so of no course mercy. I did no yeah. mercy. Absolutely no none mercy. whatsoever. <laughs> but, but really, you know, like, when do I, you know, when do I, uh, when do I proclaim that uh, we are, to myself more than to anyone, uh, that we are uh, real Scudetto contenders, uh, April, not a day before. Like you said before, like you just said, you know, I've seen this movie before, you know, so uh, I'll, I'll believe it when I live it. Okay. And Ed, I think you kind of said that you would agree with Mo there. Yeah, no, no, no. I just want to enjoy the moment, you know. I want to be yeah. grounded. Yeah, I want to be present. I want to be yeah. life hack. I want to be, I want to be meditating. I just want to enjoy it right now, you know. Okay. Uh, so, let's leave it that. Uh, you know what? I'll say something else. Actually, if people's if people dare to dream, that's also a good thing. Actually, I don't care. It's 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 about it's about just feeling right. It sounds insanely stupid, but I think I actually don't care if I get my heart broken and I start dreaming again. I just don't feel ready for it. But when I do, I'll have no regrets. And I think actually it could be before April, even though I know that Juventus is the kind of team that doesn't fuck up Feb and March, which are the monster typical Juve rivals in recent years have completely asked up, including the Napoli team that had at one point, I think, what, was it eight or nine points lead over Juve? I think it was Sarri's first real title challenge, I think, in his first season at Napoli. They yeah. were quite a few points ahead of Juventus at one point, And then by Feb, March, it was all gone. So That's, that's true. That's true. Yeah, maybe, um, the more, maybe Mo is the most realistic and the most grounded. But I think at one point, you know, start dreaming. Why not? You know, I mean, we're into fans. We, we'll get our hearts broken millions of times anyway. We may as well enjoy it when, you know, when we don't. For sure. For sure. Um, I wanted to have a little ba- debate here. I, wanna, I, I, don't, I don't know what you guys think about each of each of one of these situations, but I'm very keen to hear what you guys think. And it's uh, it's basically about Gabi Gol, because I am so... <laughs> no, I, we need to talk about this, because the guy is not a bidone. He's not, a, he's not crap. You, don't, you do not become the capo canoniere. You don't become the top scorer of the of the Copa Libertadores and you score twice in three minutes to win it for El Flamengo. He's won this, the Brazilian Serie A. He's become the top scorer there. I don't know. I mean, it's clear that Conte doesn't want to bring him. So I guess it's moot point whether he comes back or not. But I, I don't know if I think that's such a good idea. I mean, is it a mistake? Isn't it a mistake? I'm really keen to hear what you guys think. And I, Alex, why don't you let us know? I think that friend of, of this podcast, uh, David Amoyal, I think it raised a good point on social media about this. Why I, I'm not really in favor of bringing Gabi Gold back. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that for him 
to come here and be at best the third choice striker at this point. I, I don't think that's the best situation for him and in turn probably is not the best situation for Inter. And plus, guys, I see the way he's playing. I see the way he can't stop scoring and I can't ignore it. But call me negative, but I, I still remember you know, uh, how he flopped in Europe for the first, you know, year and a half, uh, that, that he spent, uh, that he spent on, on that side of the pond. So something to me just says, you know what, you have an opportunity here at a plus Valenza, you know, you have a chance to, to let him spread his wings and succeed. Hopefully it's not for a city, our rival. And I, I don't think it would be, but I, I'm just, uh, I'm not in favor of bringing him back. Okay. What about you, Mo? Where do you stand on this? A hundred percent behind what Alex has said. 100%. I can't, there's nothing to add. Everything I think, Alex said perfectly. What What about you, Ed? Do you think, uh, what, do you, what do you think? Uh, like, do you agree with I the like boys? To link this back. I like to link this back to the idea that somebody told me, would you want Dries Mertens playing for Inter? Because there's been some talk along the way. Oh, don't, don't, don't. Right, 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 right. But, I mean, I do actually love the old Dries and I love Lorenzo Fonsini, but me, do, me would too, they even I... fit in our system right now? Mm. Are you going to get no. a guy like that to be potentially a bench warmer? No, potentially a bench warmer. And then, I'm sorry, but I have to think about all the other Brazilian legends who had been linked to Serie A or went to Serie A, such as Edimundo, Edmundo, <laughs> or Animal. Remember what happened oh, to him? yes, I, I remember mean, Of him. course, he was completely crackers. I mean, he probably could have succeeded in Europe if he hadn't spent all his time getting monkeys drunk and what have you. But I also think about other geniuses like Rafael Sobis, or, well, the, the man Van Petter himself, obviously. I was just going to say Van Petter. The... Roma themselves, we played them on Friday. They have great memories of Renato Portaluppi or Renato Gaúcho. He was, <laughs> you know, in Brazil, he was an absolute god. So, I mean, this Brazilian route is getting better, uh, and it's a great league to watch and what have you, but it's true that with a guy like Gabigol, you just don't know. I'm just a bit, yeah, you bring him over here again, and... Uh, Okay, I'm inclined so, to agree with everyone else, to be honest with you. Okay, I'm inclined so we, to agree. Yeah. So we should sell him. That's what, I mean, make a plus Valenza. Why not? Personally, I think yeah. that if... I mean, personally, let me put it to you this way. If if, Gabi, if sending Gabigol and Dalbert to Fiorentina for Federico Chiesa plus a little bit of money in between, I'm all for it. Because you all know what I think about Federico Chiesa. Please, please no Chiesa. No, please, no. no. He's a 40 class. 40 class. He's oh, what class? He is forty class. He's a forty class. He's absolutely brilliant, That's and he's so young. Diving oh come on! Diving <laughs> oh. My goodness. <laughs> well, uh, we'll have keep a keep that come that okay. keep that Juventini's come out <laughs> of my club, please. Oh God! We'll have that debate next time. I'll tell you why? Because this, this was a Gabi Gold discussion, but it seems everyone has agreed. I've been voted down. Gabi Gold is to be sold for a plus Valenza, and, and and I and I and I want to use that plus Valenza to bring in uh, bring in Federico. <laughs> I may add just one quick point about this. I'm just yeah. So now we've got the Juventini guy who built that legacy. Obviously, Allegri continued it, and Parati is great, and Sarri is a great coach. But I mean, Conte and Marotta were the guys who built all of that. And even at the time, Conte was resisting the urge to buy mental players that Conte still wanted. An example, for example, being Itobe, because Conte loved Itobe. And Morata just said no. I think Morata almost has a better idea than Conte sometimes of what would work well in Conte's system. And now, ironically, Juventus on your hand have bought a lot of misfit toys, a lot of square pegs that don't necessarily fit into their system. I mean, over the last few years, you've seen, you know, dudes like Bernadeschi, and you've seen dudes like Rabio, and you've seen a bunch of guys who aren't exactly quite the right fit. I mean, even Ronaldo's not turning out to be amazing. 
I don't know. It's quite, you know, now suddenly events is the guys who are spending all this money on dudes who aren't necessarily being a success, whilst we seem to actually be a little bit more. I don't know. May, maybe I'm, maybe this is castles in the sky, but I'd rather I'm be a bit more sensible with what all the money we do have. It's not mm. Marathi's into where we can just buy everyone like we used to. Not that that works no. anyway. But. No, no, but I mean, personally, I'd like to have. I mean, personally, for me, Tonali and Chiesa, these guys are so young and so damn good. And and I think that Italy is going into you know into a gold you know into a golden age again in terms of quality of Italian players and the national team etc. Just bloody up, sir. Yeah, no, I, I honestly I honestly believe that, and and therefore I think that I want to be on that train, and I would love for Inter to hoover up and have the midfield of the Nazionale with Sensi, Tonali, and Barella for the next decade, and with Chiesa up there. I mean that that to me is just wow. So I know I know Mo, Mo, Mo and I will debate this fully uh, about Chiesa si or Chiesa no another time. As you as you guys have already alluded to, uh, we have Roma uh, at home. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's at the San Siro, um, and I I'm pretty I'm very happy that it is. Uh, well, my first reaction was I'm happy this is at home that we're playing Roma, but given but, but when, then I took a step back and thought about it. Given how well Roma have played away from home. And how Inter, how well Inter have played away from home and not so good at home. I'm a little bit apprehensive. Uh, I don't know what to think here because Roma are really good. I've I rated them fourth. I think they're definitely coming third. They they have a really good squad. They have a really good coach. They have a balanced squad, and they and they 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 can play in in quite a few different ways and they can attack in quite a few different ways and hurt you. This is this to me is is after Juventus the the most difficult challenge I think Inter will face in this league uh, uh, at home at least. Uh, what are your thoughts going into this, Alex? I, I think that you could certainly argue health wise that this matchup probably comes at the worst possible time for Inter and the best possible time for Roma. I mean, Roma's flying right now; they're the healthiest they've been since very early on in the season and. Inter basically has a, a midfield that is duct taped together right now. So <laughs> I, I think I, I think if I think if you had a healthy Barella and a healthy Sensi, uh, I, I would feel very confident, even even at home where they've struggled about Inter in this match. But I think it's going to be a close match. Uh, I, I I still will predict a victory, but I think Inter is going to have to suffer a little bit because uh, I, I I still think that Roma has their issues defensively, guys, for as well as. Smalling has played. He's been the story of the year. I mean, against Hellas, I think they had uh, Hellas had three goals, rightfully overruled for offside. But you see, Roma sometimes just forget that the back posts even exist when they're on defense. So I think there will be opportunities to score some goals, also some some opportunities to concede. And I think this is going to be the test now coming in in December, a month where Inter, you know, historically struggles. You start to struggle around this time of year. I think this is going to be a great measuring stick to truly show us where Inter is right now. Mm, couldn't agree with you more. Uh, Mo, uh, as, as um, Alex alluded to, this is a measuring stick. What are you expecting to see here? I mean, obviously what we hope to see. But, I mean, a lot of people, myself included, do feel that this is a different Inter. Uh, now is the time to obviously show that, but tell me a little bit about what you're expecting or what you know what you expect to see against Roma. Let me uh, just take a second first to acknowledge that the man from Miami is on top form tonight. Like, what's up, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, uh, fantastic analysis of uh, how, uh, how, how the match should probably go. Look, I agree with a lot of it. Uh, I, I also just think that... Um, a lot has been made of Roma's resurgence. I think uh, 
Fonseca is clearly a, a great coach. I think the squad is definitely amongst the top five or six in the Serie A. Uh, but I also think that they're not as good as people make them out to be. At the end of the day, Smalling is their, their stand-up player at the moment. And Smalling, you know, like anyone who's seen the guy play in the Premiership knows that he shouldn't be allowed anywhere near a football pitch let alone, you know, become a but star. You could say, a, but, I mean, let's be, let's be fair. You could say the same about Lukaku and Alexis Sanchez as no, well. No, especially. no, 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 no. You could say no, that no. in the San- Premier League. Sanchez, but... Sanchez and Lukaku have had entire bodies of work that have been, you know, commendable and acknowledged and, you know, are there for everyone to mm-hmm. see. A season or half a season of, uh, of subpar performances under uh, a very turbulent uh, club that's clearly in transition is nothing to, to judge their overall body of work by, especially Lukaku. Uh, Smalling has always been awful. Like, I mean, you know, like I have, I have two United <laughs> friends, two, two brothers that uh, were really on the group together. <laughs> I don't know, do we, do we still not swear on this podcast or what? Because no. like, I've been holding Ed, my tongue for like... Yeah, Ed, Ed, is, Ed has thrown that out the window tonight, but please, Mo, Oh, please we're not don't. supposed to. Oh, no, we're not. <laughs> It's okay, it's okay. Go, go, Mo, go. <laughs> the guy's a car wreck, you know. So, uh, so I mean, and and he's shining in a defense that's got Santon and Juan Jesus in it. So, it's oh, clearly the bar. Mancini as well. Come of course, on. Okay, you know, Mancini is one player, but, you know, you know, you know what, you understand what I'm, what I'm getting yeah, at, you know. Yeah, I do. So, I'm, I'm not really, I'm, I don't want to say I'm not scared of Roma. I'm not worried about Roma. I, of course, every every uh, opponent has to be given their due respect and and, and judged. But I just, I'd reckon like it's teams like Spal that that pose the bigger threat. Teams that um, are super afraid or or like for them this is a, a, a an occasion of all occasions to come to the San Siro. I feel like Fonseca maybe will think that you know what I I can have a go at this and 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 make a game out of this out of this match, out of this fixture, and then he'll fall right into Conte's trap. You know, that's, that's how, I, how I imagine uh, the match playing out. I think we'll suffer, but ultimately, we've got a better co- coach, a better side, like even with the injuries in the midfield. I mean, you know, we don't know what, what uh, the specialist in uh, Barcelona has ruled uh, Sensi's uh, abductor situation. Uh, if he is uh, going to come back for this match or he'll be kept on ice uh, for the Barcelona game, but that aside, even with Valero, Vicino, and Brozovic in uh, as the midfield trio, or even putting you know Skriniar there and or Asamoa there and 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 putting Bastoni back in, de- in defense, regardless of what eleven come on the, on the pitch day, we are the stronger side in terms of players, and we have a better coach, and it's at home. So I wish, I hope that Roma feel they can come at Inter and and and, and take the match to us because. It's just going to make the it make matters so much easier. If they sit back, they can't afford to sit back with such a crappy de- defense. But if they do decide to sit back and be compact and try and pick us off on on on, on the counter attack, maybe maybe in the the match can be a bit a bit more tricky. But if they decide to come at us, I don't see this match going anywhere. But uh, you know, two fast goals in the first half for Inter, and and, and then it's easy pickings. You know. I couldn't. I hope you're absolutely right. I just, I just don't. I, I don't agree that they have. They've, they had struggles 
in the beginning of the season with their defense especially but then Juan Jesus hasn't seen the pitch uh, since that first game against Genoa and, and Chris Smalling or Smaldini as they call him <laughs> in the Serie A moderators of YouTube uh, I, I wouldn't go that far but he's been absolutely fantastic there's no doubt and, and on that Smaldini note have you guys <sighs> seen the frightening face mashup mashups where they put Smalling's face you know in uh, within Maldini's <laughs> yes. head yes. like oh, some, some ungodly combination that is, oh, that is sacrilege. I'm not a Milanista, but that is sacrilege. That would that would really <laughs> me off if I was a if I was a Milan fan. I would be furious if they did that because that's just sacrilege, you know. But but he has been good. He's been really really good. And him and uh, him and Mancini have been phenomenal. The Mancini has been even phenomenal playing as a central de- defensive midfielder. But I, I you see, I, I think that if this game was played in Rome, I th- I would be confident of an Inter win. But since this play, this game is played at the San Siro, not so much because Roma are a good away team and Inter aren't as good as at home as they are away, uh, and and that's what really struggles me. Uh, that's what really kind of bothers me. Where do where do you stand on this, Ed? It's true that I'm a little bit torn. I just see this game as an ambush. I really do, especially because Roma used to be cursed at the San Siro, but Totti put paid to that, I believe, around 2005 when he, well, at one point I think he chipped Toldo or Julio Cesar, whoever was in goal that day. He scored a. Oh, it was just an amazing Tolto. goal. It was Tolto. Yeah, I remember that. I was watching that on terrible like Chinese stream in England in the good old early days of Chinese stream. Oh my God, bad days, bad times. Um, and yeah, the problem is, is the problem is that the Roma play well. They really do play well. And I just see Inter Milan. I mean, the um, the win before Spal. I mean, uh, Torino was it? That was a rare occasion when Inter don't concede a goal. And yeah. you wonder, Roma are probably going to score against us. Yeah. It's quite hard to avoid that conclusion. It's quite hard to... I still do think we are a better coach and we are a better team. And I do, well, I'd probably still ride Lukaku and Lautaro as coattails. But we're not that far from drawing a lot of these games 2-2. We really aren't. And I, I agree. think Roma are the kind of team that can expose that. You know, you, you got yourself Clive, who's not playing bad. Jacker who's not playing badly. But more than not playing badly, Lorenzo Pellegrini. Lorenzo Pellegrini, what assists. going on? Like, when did he yeah. turn into this play? I never, th- I never rated him this much. He's really, really good. And Zaniolo, obviously. Oh, the... no, him. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, so I, I, um, yeah, no, I. What I, do I'm we get in return? A bag of potatoes. No. <laughs> <laughs> We got, we got, we got, we got our favorite Belgian party king, or disco king, as I, as I saw uh, uh, Gab Mar- Marcotti. He's call not it. buying me any lines of Chang, is he? <laughs> Sardinia. Oh, for crying out loud! Right, um, let's let's just uh, predict it on that note before this completely goes off the rails. Ed, what, what, what do you what, give me prediction and scores for that I'm game? I'm going to correct my natural interista lean towards negativity, and I'm going to say. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two one us. Okay. Reserving the right to then say I told you so if it's two two. <laughs> no, that doesn't work. That's not how it works. <laughs> Jesus Christ! No, no, no! You stick to a prediction, mate. Ah! <laughs> no, no, no! Double dipping. <laughs> Fair enough. So two one. Who scores? Who scores? Oh, 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 oh! Uh, Lautaro Lukaku. There you go, okay. baby. Okay, I'm going to say 2-2, because uh, I think it's a 2-2. This has got 2-2 written all over it. I think Roma will score 1-0, Inter will turn it around into 2-1, and then uh, they'll get the Roma will get one back at the end. I, I think Lukaku and Lautaro will score one each, and I think uh, Dzeko and uh, Zaniolo will score. He'll score the equalizer. Yeah, he'll score the equalizer as well. Just to rub it in. 
Right. Um, Alex, what about you? I'm going to go 3-2 Inter, uh, so I, I see quite a bit of scoring. Uh, I'm going to go with Lukaku, well, probably Lautaro first, because he scores within the first 30 minutes in every game. So I'll go Lautaro first, Lukaku, and then how about a game winner for Brozovic? And uh, I'll go with Dzeko and Clivert for Roma. Ooh, nice one. But isn't, I think Clivert's injured. I think he injured himself. Oh, you know what? You know what? If, if he's injured, I'll I'll go your route, Nima, and I'll say Zaniolo, because <laughs> the, 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 for, the former Inter player will score against Inter. I'll go with that. Because of course they always do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mo, what about you? I refuse to speak after Alex from now on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just, I'll have to separate you. I, 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 I said, I, I, in my mind, I said it's a 3-2, and I said uh, Brozovic will score, and Lukaku and Lautaro. So yeah. that's, that, that I, I was literally, I didn't even bother predict who the Roma scorers okay. were. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, right, let's move on to the part of the show where we pay tribute, rip the piss out of, uh, criticize someone or something heavily in the world of football, starting with the negativity, this week's Moji, which will be presented by Mr. Eduardo Del Monte. Yeah, hi, how you doing? Um, this week's negative, <laughs> this week's this week's Luciano Moggi are people who are too stupid to even get a degree in journalism like he did a couple of years ago. God knows why. Well, I can imagine why. In fact, um, I imagine rewriting history is one of his big objectives. Anyway, yeah, it's Lavia Prague's jabroni fans for what they said to Lukaku. Uh, and, you know, the kind of comments that are, you know, racist comments that he says he heard. And if he says he heard it, that's more than good enough for me. And frankly, a jabroni is a jabroni in whatever country they happen to be in. In this case, it's it's particularly annoying because it's like you're getting shellacked on your own home ground. Shut your face. And the fact that he was basically just facing them down is is it just makes you love the man. And in that moment, it was like, you know what? I do want to buy your shirt because, I, you know, Lukaku. I just wanted, I just wanted, I just wanted to, 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 to I wanted to buy that Rottweiler shirt afterwards later, you know, because it was like, I'm on your side now. You're, you, you're, I just, oh, in a way though, in a way, the cynic in me is almost thinking, are these people egging him on? And is it actually kind of per, in a perverse way benefiting interest and making him even angrier? I don't know. That's probably a stupid thing to say, actually. But yeah, no. No, I, I understand. What, no, I mean, for me, for me, the fact that they go out so hard after the game and say that we we apologized after the game for what our fans did. Now you should apologize. And yeah, f that, you. Like, what, yeah, what? exactly. Francis what it doesn't work that way? <laughs> no, mate. Sorry. Sorry. Exactly. No, it does not work like that. No, I, th- I thought it was. Czech pretty... Republic, where you've had national team players who are. Of yeah. African origin because you get Salassie in it. You know, yeah. what, what's the bit? You know, you people should be aware of this by now. Like, come yeah. on, why is every, why does everybody have why does everybody with half a brain cell have to act as a support teacher for the rest of the jabroni <laughs> sovranista Europe? Like, seriously. <laughs> if you don't know Italian, I, I, I urge you learn Italian just to understand why what Ed says at times because it's funny. I'm not going to repeat or translate. That's that's for you all to learn. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just, it's funny. Right, uh, let's move on to something uh, much more comical. Uh, this week's Frog, which will be presented by Mr. Alex Dono. E clamoroso! Autogol di Ranocchia! You know, it's been a very tough season in the top flight for Brescia, but I'm going to go with the latest chapter for them. We, we found out <laughs> shortly before we started recording this, so... 
Unfortunately for former World Cup hero Fabio Grosso, he has been sacked by Brescia. Only three games at the helm. Uh, didn't perform well, of course, during that time. No goals scored, 10 conceded during that stretch. But, guys, in typical Italian provincial fashion, when you sack your manager, who do you bring in? You bring in the guy that you sacked in the first place to bring in the new manager. So Grosso is out. Corini is back. The carousel has started back up for Brescia. They get the frog of the week. Yeah, Cellino is when Cellino's Cellino, he's full on Samparini. So yeah, he, he, he is he is very funny. Right. Um Let's move on to something much more positive. This week's Moratti, which will be presented by Mr. Positivity himself, Mystic Mo Nasa. He's, he works a lot, he's intelligent, and he surprises people sometimes with his ideas. Not easy to find one person of this quality. <laughs> Thank you very much for acknowledging the new title. No, the greatest name ever. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I have a laundry list of positivity this week. Like, uh, honestly, I so much to choose from. Uh, I, I mean, we could always go with the, the partnership, uh, Lukaku, uh, Lautaro, Lula, um, the goals, the assists, whatever. But I think um, I, I'd like to give a very uh, honorable mention to uh, Brozovic for literally carrying, not literally, but uh, almost literally carrying the entire midfield against uh, Spal, especially in the second half. The guy, I mean, we've, much has been said of, uh, by everyone, of his ability to just run endlessly and nonstop. But mm. not only that, but his, his quality, like his output just does not dip across the 90 minutes. And um, I'm so grateful to have this guy on the side, uh, especially when faced with this current uh, midfield injury crisis. Another thing I'd like to also commend uh, is, uh, i spoken about this earlier, but the Intermedia House, uh, the, the content that these guys are putting out is just, Really fantastic. I don't know if you guys have seen those open access videos that yeah, they do. They're after really the good. They're really, really, good. really nice. Really like, good. you know, really good. they are really fantastic. Good. And, yeah, and it, especially on the home games, you get to see the sort of activations that they have prior to the match. It really makes you feel like A, you're part of the match day proceedings, and B, I really want to go to the matches there, you know, it, it really sells the San Siro, the Meazza as, uh, as a very special day. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 as, a, as an ex, expatriate, as a non-resident uh, fan uh, or a fan at a distance, I, I'm, I re, I'm really uh, appreciative after so many years of garbage by, by inter, inter-channel, whatever it was called earlier. Uh, it's, it's really nice to get some quality uh, Social media content out from uh, from the club. So yeah, as long as long as long as they don't sing in, interbells ever again. Dude, as long as that was the best thing in the world. Oh, like stop. I, I, I want to gouge my eyes up. You, you no, I don't. Say, I did, I was cringing. I was cringing. Spalletti, what was Spalletti playing the, the triangle or is it the? No, 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 he wasn't. He was the no, he was the he conductor. conductor. Yeah, of course, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was it was uh, it was uh, Valero I, on the, on the yes, yes, yes. It was, um, it was, and I think Nagatomo amazing content in the history of. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I I cringed. Nagatomo was the lead singer. We found out he had the best voice on the team, and they still <laughs> they still needed to auto tune his, his entire. <laughs> he was so bad they had to auto tune him, but he was <laughs> the best singer on the team. Yeah, I think that 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 says it all, really. To be honest, yeah, that's that's. 
Yuto-san, God bless. Right, that's all we had time for this week. I'd like to thank you, Edo. Don't be a stranger. Oh, no, thank you, guys. Seriously, thanks for having us back. And you, Mr. Monasa, or Mystic Mo. <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, Mr. Alex Dono. Always a pleasure. And until next week, I'm your host, Nima Tavala-Lerutsari, wishing you a good week, three points, and sempre e solo, forza Inter. 